sorry. Can't say. What's that word you use? <laughs> Spoilers. I like that word. I thought you might. <sighs> Doctor, you and your secrets. You'll be the death of me. I'm Christopher Maverick. You can call me Mav, and I am back again this week after having been off last week. And I am here once again with Wayne Wise, who was also off last also. week. Hey, Wayne. Hey, guys. It was our first episode without either of us, I think. Without either of us. Yeah, which was kind of fun for me. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to pretend that I've listened to the show, which I have by the time you've heard this, because I had to edit it. <laughs> but through the magic of time travel, podcast, broadcasting, whatever, that always screws me up. If you've heard this show before, I've not yet heard it because last week for us in real time was this morning. And again, <laughs> I wasn't there, but yes. Hannah was and Palindrome Hannah is on the show today. Hey, Hannah. Hey, hey Hannah. <laughs> and you know, the, the show was fantastic. I'm sure. You did a great job. <laughs> I think it's. I think the best part about it is not having me or Wayne on it. That was. <laughs> I did not say that. <laughs> I'm sure I loved it when I heard it later, or you know earlier. Or see again. I hate time travel. We were just talking about time travel before we started recording in other books. That let's do an episode on time travel. I've actually written a time travel comic book. It is so painful. We all record our parts of it at different times. Let Mav edit it together. Screw you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Today's topic was suggested by a listener. And that's Jesse, who's actually been on the show before. She was in the audience when we did our first live show, Wayne. She asked yeah, a question. Yeah, yeah. 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 But Jesse wrote and asked us to do a show about spoilers. And I'm going to let Hannah take over for the topic because you wrote a lot of really smart stuff that I then made fun of on the blog. So, <laughs> so what, what are our thoughts on spoilers? Well, um, I guess that's what we're going to try to resolve today because I honestly don't know. So I. I guess I should confess that part of this episode and why I wanted to do it was so I could trick all of you into talking about Lost. I'm okay talking about Lost. Uh, Actually, uh, I used to host a Lost podcast back in the day. And the greatest thrill of my freshman year of college was someone recognized me in the coffee shop from that podcast. (laughs) That has nothing to do with this. Cool story. Anyway. (laughs) There are a lot of big fandoms like Harry Potter, Lost, Star Wars, Game of Thrones, et cetera, et cetera, where spoilers are a really big deal. So what are the rules that kind of guide spoilers when we talk about them as fans? Are we jerks if we spoil it for someone else? How long do we need to wait to you know talk about spoilers? Because you know people live tweet things like Game of Thrones and it's part of com- a community and people really started into like online fandoms and stuff with lost with message boards and speculation, et cetera. And does it matter what kind of story it is, how we react to spoilers? So if there's something like The Good Place, which is the best show currently on television that ends with a twist every episode. 
Yeah, oh, I no, no. Riverdale. I, because what I'm going to yeah. do is I'm going to go through and I'm going to edit this so that every time Hannah says The Good Place is the best show on, uh, on television, it's yeah. just my voice okay, yeah. saying, Riverdale is the best show on television. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> do that. I, I haven't been cool. introduced yet, but I need to jump in and say Hannah's right on <laughs> Yes. Thank you. I, 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 I have not seen that. that's being kicked off. Yeah, I, I, I have not seen that, but I, everybody I know has said very similar things. So it's not bad. I it, it, it's yeah. it's a fun show. It's just no Riverdale, but nothing well. is, and that's probably for the best. Um, but you know, like the good place so ends on a twist. So is that different than like something that's more like a comedy that's formulaic, like Superstore, The Office? And a lot of studies have actually shown that even though lots of people complain about things like trailers, like Batman versus Superman spoiling the entire plot, audiences actually like spoilers and enjoy things. Plot is a strong term for that movie. Okay, just, but, you, know, but you know what I mean. I mean, I'm not far be for me to give that movie a compliment, but you know, like. We actually, it's been shown that people enjoy things more when they've seen spoilers or, you know, that they want something specific. They see a trailer, they think it's one thing, then they go to the theater, realize that it's actually not the thing they thought was, and they're pissed. So there we are. Um, so that is, that is the beginning of our spoiler episode. Okay, well, we like to have other opinions besides just ours on this show. So the voice you've already heard is making sort of his second appearance on the show because he was on our big, huge mega show about comic book syllabi, which had 147 people on it. But um, <laughs> our sole guest this week is Joe Dorowski, host of the Protagonist Podcast. Hey, Joe. Hello. Thank you for having me on. Hey, Joe. Yeah, welcome back. I assume my earlier reference to the good place being the best show on television has been edited out, so your your listeners no, are hearing no. me for the first time. Right? No. So it's, it's it's there just to just to set the tone, so people know that they have to take everything either of you say with a grain of salt because everyone it, it, knows. It, it's not edited out; it was just replaced with Riverdale. I would I would like to um, say that Joe is now replacing Mav as the host of this podcast. <laughs> it's clearly or better. Hey Joe, you, you're interested in doing two podcasts. <laughs> Oh, oh, the, the thinking about that. <laughs> oh, God. Well, so anyway, Joe wrote me and said he wanted to be on this show because he, he reads the blog. And as you should be, you should be reading the blog at www.voxpopcast.com. I got to plug in early. Um, but Joe read the blog post and he, and he texted me and says, I have thoughts for this. And even without knowing what Joe's thoughts were, I was like, Joe's perfect. And the reason is, Joe, your show is just spoilers. It's a massive There's nothing spoiler. more to your podcast oh, than sure, just Matt, spoiling. Sure, whatever. ruin it for all of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's what I said earlier this week. <laughs> yeah, so over on, but, on the protagonist podcast, each week we talk about a great character in a great story. And in order to launch into the discussion about these characters and stories, we always recap the story in which the characters appear. So we, we do cover comic books, movies, TV shows, books, but whatever it is we're talking about, if it's an episode of television or an entire novel, we try and give, we try and keep it to like five minutes, but sometimes 10 minute summaries, of, <laughs> uh, you know, of the story. And then we launch into the freewheeling discussion about the characters and the stories. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And that might be my favorite part of the show. You give, a cliff's notes i'm going to rush through this entire book uh most recent episode was harry potter and the goblet of fire at the time of this recording 
which is 900 pages, 800 something pages. 10,000 if you're trying to summarize that thing. (laughs) (laughs) And you went through it in pretty close to five minutes, I think. I think you came pretty close to nailing the mark. That that's always the goal, yeah. And so you, <laughs> you, you get a sense of like what uh, what is the the fat that needs to be trimmed, and what's really the core of a story when once you've written a uh, hundred plus <laughs> summaries of stories um, in preparation for a podcast. So most podcasts, and it's kind of funny. So Hannah, you said the goal for you is just to talk about Lost. Lost is an odd show to me because. Not because of anything that happened on Lost. There's lots of things that happened on Lost that are odd. But the idea that it's 2018 now. When did Lost go off the air? 2011? No, it was earlier than that. Um, It was my first year of college. Um, That it went off? Yeah, uh, it went off in the spring um, of 2010. Okay, so I was only off by a year. <laughs> you said it's way off. I'm like, oh wow, was it really 2005? No, okay, Sorry. so 2010. <laughs> okay, it's, been- it's a long time for me. A year is a long time. Hannah is is the baby of the group, so, <laughs> so time still moves. Dilated yet? <laughs> yeah, like, that's right. Uh, it's supposed to me and me and we were I'm, where I'm like, you know, Manimal, the show that was on the air two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you got your minimal reference in of the day. That's my minimal reference. It's, it's, it's been a couple weeks. Since, yeah, it's been a couple weeks before I talked about Manimal, the second best show that was ever been on te- television. But there are still lost podcasts on the air now that people are just recording now where they just talk about Lost because that show was so influential. Another example of that, this is in the analog world, but after Twin Peaks, there was a magazine called Wrapped in Plastic that continued to be published for like 10 years or something. 10 years? Yeah, like some, <laughs> we, we had a couple of customers who subscribed to it. And it's like, I like Twin Peaks, but you know, it would had been over for four years, five years by the time I started working there. Like, there's still a magazine? Okay. Twin Peaks ran in 1991 and 1992. And when did you start working at the store? Oh, 97. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm a huge Twin Peaks fan. But I think that's what makes this interesting. So when I started really thinking about this, there's been a couple of shows. We were talking about this off air where Hannah will do her thing where she, you know, crowbars in a reference to a 200 year old book. Um, Excuse me. It's (laughs) always relevant and always interesting. (laughs) Actually it is. It is. But but, but, but what I love, but what I love about when you do it is like, you'll, you'll just, you'll just talk about the plot to, to Jane Eyre as though everybody's read it. And then I always, every time you do, I say spoilers, you know, (laughs) what if you haven't gotten to this yet? And of course I, I think that you can just assume that the spoiler you know, expiration date has, has passed for something that was published in the 1700s for Jane Eyre? 1800s, 1847. 1847. Okay, so I, I still think the spoiler warning period has, has passed there. And I think the spoiler warning period has not passed yet for l- yesterday's Walking Dead. Yeah, I don't even watch that show. But, uh, but, but I know that you can't talk about it in 24 or 48 hours, right? What is the spoiler period? How long is, you know, is too soon to talk about? So when we wrote the, when we wrote the blog, Hannah, you went out of your way to not spoil it very artfully to not spoil any of the movies or TV shows or books that you were talking about as being spoiler heavy conversation pieces. And then I'm just like, yeah, you know, Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker's father, whatever. <laughs> just, yeah. I've decided that I can spoil empire. It's fine. Which, you know, like, 
is weird because, you know, uh, we're doing an episode about spoilers. And are we are we going to talk about them? Are we going to just put a big spoiler alert on the front of this thing <laughs> where it's like, don't listen if you don't want to be spoiled for Harry Potter and Lost and Game of Thrones and Jane Eyre and etc. But, you know, like uh, I <sighs> try to avoid talking about the top of the astronomy tower um, Harry Potter and the Apple of Prince, and it's been out since 2005. And I feel like that might be the like big cultural touchstone where everyone like got spoiled by like mean people. Like, didn't someone spray paint Snape kills Dumbledore? I guess I've just decided oh, to go spoiler, for it. Spoiler! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were doing so well. Yeah, and well, you, you know, you <laughs> hey, you already spoiled on the blog, man, with your T-shirt. <laughs> Once Dumbledore dies on page 596. Yeah, like <laughs> you have a t shirt. I didn't know so far. I, I never bought it. I kept that. So I love the Harry Potter books. I really do. I adore them. I also have a love of offensive t shirts. And <laughs> I, um, I, I don't know why. I just. I, I love t-shirts that are raunchy or mean or sometimes just jokes, but I wear a lot of them. Not obviously not when I'm teaching or anything. I actually dress extremely professionally when I teach, but just like wandering around the house or out jogging, I wear things that are absolutely repulsive sometimes and sometimes just rude. And there's one place that I love to buy t-shirts from called tshirthell.com. I love them enough that they're not a sponsor, but I'm just going to give them that plug. But when that book came out, a week later, they released a t-shirt that just said, Dumbledore dies on page 596. I just saved you four hours and $30. <laughs> you see, as someone, whole shirt. as someone who, and I don't know if you know this, I actually said this this morning in the other podcast, but I grew up in Mississippi and um, through a certain point in my life, my parents went to a conservative church that convinced them Harry Potter was bad. They later, uh-huh. they later changed their mind. Uh, so I was not allowed mm-hmm. to buy Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. And a prick who went to church with me, and I will dislike <laughs> you forever, told me Snake killed Dumbledore and spoiled oh. the book for me. And I hate him. <laughs> like over 10 years later, obviously. Like, and and that, that kids is why you shouldn't go to church, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, actually, we no, my parents no longer go to that church, so it's tied to Harry Potter, obviously. <laughs> but that was the thing. I mean, at this point, if you're listening to our show, the book's been out for a long time, and the title of this episode, I think is, I haven't titled it yet because we're recording it, but I think I'm just going to call the title Spoilers in all capital letters. So obviously there's going to be spoilers on this, but the problem with Harry Potter not problem. I mean, the joy of Harry Potter is if you listen to this show, I'm an asshole. I, I am. It, I, it's one of my fr- few joys in life is just being a mean spirited bastard. But I love those books so much. And I never bought that T-shirt because because, frankly, I would feel awful if even six months it's been six years now. It's been years. But if years later, I was just wandering around wearing that T-shirt and the one person who, ha- you know, who's who didn't know, you know, yeah, who's on page 595 right now 
just happens to run into me <laughs> just be like and they're like what and just, and, and i would feel personally bad I mean, like, see, because i, 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 I don't want to ruin something different. i think there's a little difference between like something like jane Eyre or romeo and juliet where most people either learn encounter them being forced to read them in high school or just through cultural osmosis of references versus something like harry potter potter where there's new generations of kids that are reading it for the first time yeah. and their parents have probably actually protected them from the spoilers of what's coming because it hasn't become you know so ingrained in the culture that everyone knows Dumbledore dies you know at the end of book six or things like that yeah, I actually like started reading the Harry Potter series late again because my parents wouldn't let me read them and for whatever reason no one was a dick until that one kid <laughs> and so I like had missed out on like the release parties for like the first five books and I was able to read them straight through and I like went into them cold mm-hmm. and that was really joyful and like you know there are a lot of kids doing that now i mean like lost and things like Grey's anatomy or friends are finding new life on netflix and like people like have might have some like idea to like you know references like we have to go back or or whatever mm-hmm. but they don't know exactly what happens on lost not penny's boat i think that's one of the things that makes tv interesting now so tv in particular are is catching up to the way books are uh, and i mentioned this on the blog in the old days the way tv worked was Episodes, I mean, unless something became popular enough to end up in syndication, which most things really didn't. So for the most part, you're expecting to see any TV show twice tops. You see it the week it airs and then you see it in summer rerun season and then it's just gone. And if it's a show that is episodic where continuity matters, you had to watch them all because what you don't want to do is you don't want to be in the situation where you miss one episode of Dallas and then you're lost two weeks later. Things would go on hiatus for holidays because we can't air a new episode over Christmas. People are with their families. Heaven forbid they, you know, they miss it. There's no, there's no DVRing. Not everybody has a program on VCR. And network TV still does some of that. Some of it, but they're but they're better about it, yeah. Um, because they know they're streaming, they know there's DVR, right? And you know, daily soap operas have so much recap. I was a fan of Days of Our Lives for years, and there's so much recap on any given episode because the formula needs to work such that. Um, it, it's day, you know, daytime TV assumes the very gendered off audience. It assumes an audience entirely composed of stay-at-home housewives, and you know, if Tuesday is your market day. We can't have anything important happen on Tuesday, but Wednesday might be somebody else's market day. So the first 10 minutes of any given show are essentially recap all the time. Everything moves at a snail's pace to give you the ability to miss something on General Hospital or Days of Our Lives. And not all TV worked like that. If you missed an episode of Twin Peaks, you were just fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you're never going to catch up. Sometimes, you can barely follow yeah, along if say, you're watching I was going to say, sometimes even if you did see that episode, you're fucked. So. <laughs> yeah, like Twin Peaks is an impossible... I mean, I, I've I've watched all of Twin Peaks several times over, and I still don't know what's going on with some stuff. I've read the books. I was obsessed with that show at one point. So, and, you know, Lost is the same way. There, You can't just miss things. And I think that that became more and more popular as DVDs became a thing because now you don't have a, I mean, yes, people go back and they watch cheers or they watch Dallas now. Um, but they didn't, those, those TV shows weren't made with that in mind. You know, like they they weren't made with mm-hmm. the idea that people are going to be Netflixing this in in you know, in the future. Whereas lost understood that they were producing television that was going to be in a DVD box set. 
something like House of Cards understands that it's going to drop on Netflix and people will watch it when they get to it. It's fine. You know, so they can go at whatever pace they want. And what's amazing about things is because I like there's sort of a natural thing where I think a lot of people, particularly if you love the show enough, you don't want to ruin it for somebody like I've had people, you know, oh, you've got to start watching Walking Dead because which I, I don't watch The Walking Dead. I know what it's about. It's just not my thing. And there's so much TV that I have to watch. I just never got to it. I've seen a couple of episodes. It's super boring. I know it's gotten worse. But the point is, people will come to me and say, oh, my God, start watching Walking Dead because there's something I want to talk to you about in season four. So I'm supposed to, like, go through and watch, you know, (laughs) 80, 80 hours of television to catch up to them. And but they mean that. And that will happen with. You know, uh, I, I, as everybody who listens to the show knows, I love the show Riverdale because it is the best show on television. I know Wayne is behind. <laughs> nope. Yes. <laughs> Wayne's behind. You're, you're behind, right? Or are you caught up? With Riverdale. I, I, Riverdale. I'm caught up except for tonight's episode. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Okay. I'm not, okay. I'm, I, yeah, I've not yet watched tonight's episode either, but I've been sitting around for three weeks to talk about the nineties episode of Riverdale. Of Riverdale. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Cause it is, it was, <laughs> and, and again, Hannah, Hannah and Joe might love the good place, but you guys have not seen <laughs> the nineties episode we're, of Riverdale, which <laughs> is the single best hour of television you know, ever produced. You're, you're assuming that I don't watch Riverdale. I know you actually watch it because we've talked about it. <laughs> yeah. Come on, for the for the context of the show, you got to keep the bit going. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I, I know like I like I know Wayne watch. I know Wayne loves the show. We did a show on Riverdale. We did a whole episode on Riverdale. I know Wayne loves the show. I know Connie loves the show. I know Amy watches the show, and so I've got these friends who watch the show. But we're we're not bound temporarily the same time for you know for water cooler talks. So I just have to catch up, and I don't want to ruin it for anybody like i'm respecting the spoilers as long as i possibly can because oh my god i want you to experience the joy that i had of watching that myself and and that's it before the recording the ability to record tv and just watch it at will there was you you talked about it the next day because that's when everybody had watched it you weren't going to get that other opportunity and you could talk about it because if you didn't see it you you never you were never going to so so what's the rule now well one thing that's interesting to me is that the rule seems to have changed (laughs) so i was I just barely turned in a manuscript to a publisher that I co-authored on the sitcom Cheers. Yes. And in doing research for Cheers, Joe's book LinkedIn I was Yes, yes. The Fraser book is out. I did the the reverse order. (laughs) Um, But in doing that, I went back and I was reading um, like reviews and news articles from when Cheers was airing. And Cheers very famously has the Sam and Diane relationship that drives the first five seasons of the show. It's the iconic will they, won't they um, that really changed audience expectations for for sitcoms. Because before that, it was always like Matt was saying, episodic because you never knew if anyone was going to watch one week or the next. Mm -hmm. And now with Cheers, years, you get this evolving relationship where things are actually changing and they stay changed um, from one episode to the next. And so the big build, spoilers, is that at the end of season one, they kiss, they get together at the end of season one, and they're together throughout season two. But then at the end of season two, they have a fight and break up. And in doing research, I came across this article that was released the day 
the first part of this two part season finale was going to air. So before anyone had seen the big finale for season two, which was airing in two parts a week apart before anyone had seen any of it. And it's an interview with the show's creators. And in this interview, they say the exact plot of their season finale. They say Sam and Diane are going to fight. We want everyone to be wondering if they're going to get back together for, uh, you know, between season two and season three. And this would have run in newspapers, uh, you know, as a syndicated column the day the first part of that episode was going to air. Mm-hmm. And it just was so weird to me to find this because now everyone is so spoiler averse and so careful in how things get promoted and how they get talked about. But that um, article, which would have been from 1983, I think there was just no care <laughs> at all. No concern given well, so to spoiling. It's not even it's something they they've been holding to for a year. That's they care because that's their promotion. They're like putting yes. that article out there because they're like, hey, kids, tonight, Sam and Diane break up. You better watch. They did the same thing with Dallas. Like Jr. is going to get shot. It's people are going to be talking about this. Jr. gets shot, and then you're like, tune in tonight so you can find out who shot Jr. A couple seasons later, when you know, you know what we're going to do? We're going to bring Bobby back from the dead. Yeah, tune in tonight to find out how we do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's I was that's something I was going to bring up with this: the difference between teasers and spoilers. Like I, I'm okay with yeah. movie trailers that that tease me, giving me some idea of what's there. You, cause, I mean, that's that's the purpose of them. Do I want to see this? You know, tickle my fancy. But if you give away everything in the trailer, you know, if you give away the secrets, then then there's no reason to see it. So there is that fine line. I, you know, I know. Going back to the comics thing, we we got the new previews catalog this week. You know, we get that every month, and you read through it to see what you're going to order for the store and. And, you know, so much of like the, the spoiler averse thing it used to be they would give you a rundown of the plot of the comic. And now it's just the soundbite thing that tells you nothing other than, oh, guess what? Batman's in this issue of Batman. And. And and, 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 and and when you're trying to order books, you know, like Marvel, every one of Marvel's things, this is the greatest issue ever. You can't miss it. You better order it um, with nothing more specific than that. And so in terms of helping us with our orders, it's almost impossible because there is such a lack of information of content that, that yeah. everything is the same. Well, like, I mean, yeah, like most, if not all, like TV, like content creators don't give out the spoilers specifically of this like couple you've been watching for two years has broken up. But there's still like mm-hmm. TV spoiler sites that are dedicated. Oh, yeah. But like not not I'm not talking about like spoiler Steve or, you know, the guy who ruins The Bachelor because that's its own thing. He goes against like ABC to do that. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm talking like TV line or like, you know, Entertainment Weekly. They have columns where they interview people and they ask for, you know, I, I they're called spoilers, but they're they're like teasers like, oh, is there a storyline coming up for these characters? Like, yeah, um, this happened in this past episode. Can you say more about how this will develop? And, you know, some of it's more spoilery than others. And then my boyfriend and I actually got into an argument over like what a spoiler is at the latest Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find the movie, because I saw online and this is another trend that happens because the Internet before I went to the theater and we actually saw it opening day. And it already had, you know, headlines that I didn't read. Just like, you know, Mm -hmm. discussion, like the new film ends on a major twist, like talk about here, like here interviews from like the actors here. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, I just know this. I know nothing about this movie, really, because the trailer has been kind of, you know, teasy, but like it doesn't really tell you exactly what the plot is. And some reviewers might argue that that's because it doesn't have a super coherent plot, though I liked it. Um more or less. Um, but you know, like I knew it ended on a cliffhanger and Josh is like, shush, 
spoilers and i was like that's not a spoiler but you know like uh we mentioned infinity wars sequel for the avengers in uh the blog and they're guarding the title of that the title as if it's like going to spoil everything uh we don't even have a trailer for that movie yet i'm pretty sure i actually know what the title is and it and it's not going to spoil anything it's russo's being jj <laughs> they're they're being secretive to be secretive uh, 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 avengers Whatever. infinity war 2 they're not all dead <laughs> <laughs> oh, spoiler, sorry. Yeah. So, but that's the question. I don't know if Josh is, Josh is Hannah's boyfriend. I don't know if he's wrong or right. And here's why. The last movie where I think the, or where I think the internet really, really behaved about, you know, not spoiling things. Because today... Even, yeah, so I think Infinity War has been out long enough that we can give spoilers on that. We, we decided it's um, that Harry Potter is, is, is long enough gone. But can I can I just spoil Infinity War? Well, Infinity I guess this is War technically a warning. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it's right. a warning. Yeah, it's a warning. Stop, and again, the title there. Yeah. So everybody stop, stop dies in Infinity War. Yeah, whatever. No, everybody dies in Infinity War. That's, that's how it That's how it is. Half the cast dies. Then snaps his finger, wipes everybody out from the, from the, from the universe. And you kind of go... What? And then that's the end. Of, that's the end of the movie. And what was great about Infinity War was I remember um, a friend of Wayne and mine writes movie reviews for the local paper and he had written the review and we saw him in the, in the store the day before the movie came out. And he is like, I can't wait to see what you guys think about it. And he's like, I don't want to say anything about it other than, you know, to him, it's like it's, you know, it, it's a great movie. It's it, it, you, you really get into Thanos's head. It's just a celebration of his, of his love of death. That's what that's what he get, he said about it. That wasn't a spoiler to me. I knew how Infinity War was going to end because I right. read it twenty years ago. <laughs> like I know I know how this movie goes. <laughs> like and, and I'm not exaggerating. I've known how this yeah. story ended for quite some time now, and, and it it. There's only two natural places for the story to end from the original comic book, and it's the more obvious one. So, like, yep, that's that's what happened. But here's an interesting thing about that. I think as comic book readers, we all knew that's where this was going because it was originally titled yeah, right, Infinity yes. War Part One, right? And we knew there was a Part Two coming. Yeah. If it hadn't been called Part One, I think it would have yeah. been more surprising to end where Maybe, it ended. But to be fair, I took my wife, who doesn't care about all that. You know, she's not a comic book reader. She doesn't care about every superhero movie. She likes the Avengers movies. And she was super surprised. She was like, what? That's it? <laughs> you know, like, they're all dead. <laughs> and, and she didn't know how that was going to go. So she was surprised. I don't know if she would have been surprised if it had been called part one, because she doesn't follow the trades. She doesn't know that the name used to be part one the way we do. So it was a surprise ending to her. She thought they were going to somehow defeat Thanos because how that's how superheroes movies movies end. Yeah. Right. But here's my example. I, I said on the blog, I think The Sixth Sense was one of the first movies or one of the last movies where the internet was really great about not spoiling things. The only thing I knew about The Sixth Sense going in, though, was I did know that there was a twist. I knew that we were like, oh, it's the exciting movie that you'll never see the twist ending. And then I figured it out about 10 minutes into the movie. Yeah, that, that was exactly my okay. response to it. That, that happened to me too, yeah. and I always feel arrogant saying it. <laughs> well, yeah. my, my point is, no, nobody spoiled it for me before I got there, and I saw that movie late. Like I, I saw it on on DVD or or videotape. You know, here's where I think the sixth sense works. Hannah, when did you see it? Do you know? Um, when I was in middle school. Okay, so you might have been. Were you surprised? Well, yeah. Well, yeah, because like that was his first film, and I hadn't read any reviews. Um, 
And you would have been like 11. Probably like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was like young Harry Potter age, and, yeah, but like right. his subsequent movies, like it became very clear. All he would do is twist. So like I was like, I was, you're looking, for you know, it. you're looking for it. And like, also his movies aren't very good. Um, I like two of them. I like two of his films a lot. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I, and, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm moving towards with the sixth sense. I knew there was a twist. That's all I knew about it. Interestingly enough, by sheer chance, Stephanie went to the sixth sense with her mom in the dollar theater. She, they hadn't seen it yet. They didn't know what it was. And the same day that I happened to rent it. Um, and so she watched it with her mom. And so she got home when I was like an hour into it. And she's like, are, are you loving it? And I was, and I said, cause she, you know, so she knew the end. She just finished watching it. And she's like, do you, do you love it? And I was like, no, this is really stupid. And she's like, what do you mean? And she's like, and I said, he's, Okay, spoilers for the sixth sense. He's clearly dead. <laughs> and, and she's like, How do you know that? And I was like, Because nobody's talked to him but the kid for the entire movie. And he said, I see dead people. They're all around. You know, like, it, it's he's clearly dead. And to me, once you know that he's dead, the sixth sense is a fucking boring movie. It is monotonous and slow. And, and some people have said, no, it's amazing to go back and see how it's constructed. No, I've done that. It's painful to me. Like I, like it, it actually, it actively hurts split and unbreakable. I feel are watchable movies. If you don't know the twist, I feel like village, this, this is a good, <laughs> village is the village ripped off a young adult novel, but we don't need to get into that. Um, yeah. like, we, we have a user comment that I think just kind of sums up this bit. Um, Bill Moran um, commented on yes. um, this mm-hmm. and he said, I have one thought. If a spoiler ruins the story, then the story wasn't very good to begin with. A good story is still entertaining when you know yes. how it ends. Like yeah. I have watched Lost so many times. A lot of us have reread Harry Potter or rewatched the movies, mm. which are not as good, whatever. So many times. Your, your, your entire job is reading Jane Eyre over and over again. Thank God I'm done with that chapter. I, if I ever write another thing about Jane Eyre, besides like revising this, like hit me, like drive to wherever I am and hit me because it's, we don't need to get to that, but you know, like, like I love lost beyond the twists. I love star Wars beyond the twists. There, there, there's a joy that comes from re-experiencing something, knowing what's coming, but seeing it unfold. And even when you know the ending, when you know the whole story, you can go back to it and pull out new information, new things that, that makes it enjoyable on that level. But sometimes it is just purely the the comfort food of, you know, I, I like this. I enjoy this. I, I enjoy seeing this unfold, um, even, even when you know all the surprises. Yeah, uh, Joe. Uh, since you watched The Good Place 2, mm-hmm. have you rewatched it since uh, season one ended? Yeah, I rewatched season one and two before season three started. I've not gotten to the end of season one, but I do Did know the you, twist, so you can you can ruin it. Okay. Um, I, I, I want to talk about the twist for Good Place. Um, well, I, I don't oh, want to talk explicitly about it. I, I think everyone knows there's a twist in Good yes. Place. But one of my favorite stories about spoilers is that when it got to the end of airing the first season, uh, they they landed with the twist and then they were watching online. Like everyone who was involved with it was watching online and like, oh, OK, like it came out and it had not been ruined. No one had ruined this for everyone. And they were all talking to each other and they were so happy. And Ted Danson said, I'm so relieved because I've been telling everyone what happened. 
and Ted Danson and uh, Kristen Bell were the only ones who knew the twist. So like, there's actually a video of the rest of the cast finding out the big twist. Yeah. And it's really fun. Um, but, you know, I, I actually found that a lot of people who saw like, quote unquote, plot holes in the first season after they rewatched it, knowing the twist, appreciated season one more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because the twist plugged in those yes. holes. Right. Like motivations change for characters and you really do go rewatch it with a different point yeah. of view and set of expectations for what each, why each character is doing what they're doing. So I think that goes down to, and I don't know that's the teaser thing, but I think that becomes the point of, I guess this is where we start talking about JJ's mystery box theory. Yeah. Yeah. But like the, the Bill Moran comment is exactly right. If a show is spoiled by me knowing the twist, then it's not necessarily a show. It's a stunt. It's, it's, that's not a story. Like I know. Okay. Here, so spoilers for citizen Kane. I know <laughs> Rosebud's a sled. <laughs> I think I've known Rosebud was a sled before um, I ever saw Citizen Kane because it turns out I was born on the planet Earth in the 20th century and I picked up on that, <laughs> you know, like somewhere along the way. I, I like learned that, that you know, there were jokes about it in Animaniacs. Yeah. I remember yeah. when I was a kid that I learned it through Animaniacs I, before I, I ever I saw probably Citizen discovered Kane. it in Mad Magazine in the 70s. Yeah. Right, right. I've never even seen it. Okay, but, but, you, but you knew Rosebud was a sled. Yeah. Okay, you should see Citizen Kane because it is a perfect film. It is so brilliant because it, I mean, it's, it's not, not Riverdale, but yeah, yeah well, <laughs> is anything Riverdale though? Is anything Riverdale? No, no, no. <laughs> well, but, but, but that's the point. Citizen Kane. I'll even I'll even wrap it together with, with Riverdale. Citizen Kane. Oh Lord. No, 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 because it's, it's going to matter. Citizen Kane isn't about discovering that Rosebud is a sled. Citizen no. Kane is about watching them discover that Rosebud is a sled that's the difference it doesn't matter whether or not like it doesn't matter whether or not i know the ending coming that moment of discovery seeing the characters like trying to figure it out and seeing that unfold makes that film and it makes it interesting in the same way with riverdale there you go riverdale isn't so much about discovering who so this is not a spoiler because it's the first moment of the first season riverdale is about the first season of riverdale is about who killed jason blossom i know who killed jason blossom it's not really about solving the mystery it kind of is but that's not really that's that's not what it's about yeah that's not what the show's about the show is about how the death of jason blossom affects this whole town so i could tell you who the killer is right now it won't matter to you it's irrelevant Frankly, pretty much three episodes in, you're down to about three or four people. It doesn't matter. It's it's great that, because it's watching it. That's the plot. I just watched uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. And yeah, I liked a lot. And what I liked about it was it, it didn't go. It starts out as like, oh, this is going to be a murder mystery that they resolve. And then that's not what it's about at all. It's no. it's how it's how this death has affected everyone in this community. Mm-hmm. And, and then, I mean, so it's a story about character. I mean, like Lost yeah. at the end of the day is a story about character, whether or not, yeah. you know, people think it is. And I think that the people, which like the creators ended up saying, it's really more about characters and their journeys than, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what, where the, where the polar bears are, or like the time traveler right. or whatever. And or I the, mean, the, I have no answers. <laughs> the mini mysteries, which have no answers. Yeah, yeah. There are answers there. No, they've there said are. they're not. Some, there, there, there some are some answers. 
Yeah. I mean, some stuff is maybe not a bit. Yeah. Some stuff is maybe and, not. And, a and, and the ones that don't matter at all. Yeah. But whatever. But like you know, I, yeah, the people who are really mad are mm-hmm. either a the people who are purposely misreading the end and think that they all died at the beginning of the show or be cared so much about every single little mystery at the expense of like caring about the characters. And, you know, as someone who cared about the characters, I was emotionally satisfied and sobbing by the end. Not that mm-hmm. everyone need to know that. Um, but <laughs> Wait, Hannah, real quick. Yes. Are you as confused as I am about everyone who misreads the ending of lost and then trashes yes. the show when it's like, that's yeah. not what was on the screen. Yes. guys? Yeah. I don't know. I try to explain it to them and they're like, no, that's not real. And I'm like, how, how, just why? Like, like there were words coming out of Christian Shepherd's mouth. Like, did you not hear them? Did you not watch it? You know, like, I, I guess like that is a good example of how people can watch the same thing and like read the same words and hear the same people talk and just have two different realities. So yeah, headcanon matters. You're just trying to, you know, lay the groundwork for a show about headcanon. Oh, we've done, well, we, we, we do that <laughs> yeah. a lot. I mean, I, I have a discussion. I feel like you could do a whole show about the fact that lost had a character named Christian Shepherd. Yeah. I was just looking at, for instance, unresolved mysteries from lost as you guys were talking. And one of them, like number on this list of 15, number 14 is what happened to Christian's body? <laughs> and apparently it's a mystery that they just didn't get around to. I feel like you can like infer a couple of things about what could have happened from the show and like and it doesn't necessarily have to be solved, which I guess is kind of like yeah. partially getting into the mystery box you want to talk about. Um well, the, well, Yeah, that, well that was so that was one of the that was one of the points, yeah. Cause the, so the producers have said that, uh Lindelof said I think I think Abrams has said he doesn't care about a lot of them, but, um, but Lindelof has, um, has pointed out that, you know, they thought it was going to be a four season show. That was their plan. And then Mm. they got six and like some of them had to be longer. Like the network started demanding stuff. So there were just, there were just points where they were just like, okay, we need something to drive forward here. So just throw something out there yeah, like, and we'll figure yeah. it out later. Yeah. And there was also the writer's strike. Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. season, season three actually was the reason they got it, got seasons four, five and six shortened because they had the tattoo episode about Jack. That was really mm-hmm. bad. And they were like, come on ABC. Like I know this makes money, but also people are going to stop watching if we do dumb stuff like this. So negotiate an end date with us. Right. And that's, and that's what they did. And, <laughs> but like, even from the beginning, I think it's Lindelof's story. I, to, I don't know if I'll be able to find it. There's an interview somewhere where he talks about, and this is, we'll, we'll, we'll explain actually before I say it, why don't I let Hannah quickly, briefly summarize JJ's theory on memory boxes, mystery boxes. Yeah, we should. If you if you really want to know everything, watch the video which we linked on on the website. Yes. But. Okay. So J.J. Abrams has this concept of the mystery box, which he gave in a TED talk, and he said um, the mystery box represents potential. He tells this whole story about like his grandfather, but he likes the idea of mysteries when it comes to entertainment because they're the catalyst for imagination. And he says there are times when the mystery is more important than knowledge and there's infinite possibility in the mystery and new stuff or even the subversion of typical narrative is what draws us in. So like even something as simple as like being put in the world of like Star Wars, he uses an example with like the droids um, at the beginning, like R2-D2 and C-3PO and Princess 
Princess Leia. You don't know exactly what's going on, but you know it's important, it's cool, and they're going to go on this mission. And there's like mystery and potential there. And that's what we're interested in. And that's why we like are initially drawn in. Yeah. So he, he says that now my problem with JJ and by the way, I'm a huge JJ Abrams fan. So it's not stopping me from watching his movies. I love super eight, which everybody else hated. I think it's I a great super movie. Eight. It's so good. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. um, I, 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 like, yeah, right. I like that. I don't hate it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but I, so I'm a fan of JJ, but JJ relies on this concept so much that sometimes it's to the detriment of the work, particularly M. Night Shyamalan. That's what we were just talking about with Sixth Sense, with, with the village, with uh, Lady in the Water. He leans heavy into the concept of the mystery box sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't work. In Lost... And I think I want to say it's Lindoff. I don't want to misquote it, but some one of the producers talks about how it was how it was to go to film lost. And they talk about the pilot episode, most expensive episode of television ever produced up until that time. And they're standing on the set and JJ is wandering around the set with the actors and the writers, like sort of the, the set of the plane crash, sort of, you know, directing producing trying to figure things out as he's going he's got a he's got a script for the episode but he's just trying to work on other things and he points to a character and he looks at a writer and he says see that guy over there and the writer says yeah and jj says he has a secret and the writer says okay what is it and jj tells him i don't know you're a writer figure it out yeah, to be fair, they they push they produced that pilot under so much pressure yeah, and so little absolutely. time that it was it was insane and also like amazing and so impressive if you understand the constraints they had about how good the pilot mm-hmm. of losses. Also, I should say that JJ Abrams uh should be credited with like the beginnings of Lost, but he left fairly he early left on. Early. And yeah, he left his production company did it and he left it in yeah. Lost Hand. Uh, and Carlton Coos. Yeah. Um, so uh, as, as a, as a, as a plug for linked in the show notes, I will link the book, uh, the revolution is televised by Alan Steppenwall, which is a great, great reference on how television changed in the nineties through two thousands to be the form of how dramatic television works today, as opposed to how it worked in the days of Dallas. But my problem with JJ's mystery box theory is I agree with everything he said for his motivations in the TED Talks because it is the catalyst for imagination. That's great. That's why I love Super 8, which if you know the history of production on Super 8, it's not one of the reasons Super 8 is weird is because it's actually two movies glued together. They they had two different scripts that they just kind of jammed together because they needed to make a JJ movie real quick. It's got a lot of really complicated history. What I feel like happened with Lost, particularly when they got expanded to longer than they wanted it to be, is I think and and the a mistake that happens on a lot of mystery box movies, a mistake that happens in the newest Star Wars trilogy is there are mysteries without answers because no one has really worked it out because what became so important was the box and not the imagination, not the journey. No matter what anybody else knew, when Lucas wrote co-wrote but when when lucas was working on those first four star wars movies or first three star wars movies he knew that luke was vader's son no he didn't he knew not the beginning Uh, not the beginning not the beginning not not, no not no the first draft um, of uh, no i'm talking about but i'm talking about as they're i'm talking about as they're being produced i mean not yes i realize he's right i'm saying the first draft of empire strikes strikes back uh has a different 
yeah thing entirely. I understand, but but I mean, the but the point room. is, there's a plan going, as opposed to right with Ray. JJ dropped a mystery into it, and and here's the difference because there's because Star Wars four, A New Hope. If you don't watch anything else, that's actually a cohesive movie. It's a standalone film. It's fine, right? So it doesn't. So the mysteries don't matter. There's no real mystery. You don't wonder. Oh, I wonder what where Darth Vader came from. It doesn't matter in the context of that of Episode Four. Episode Five and Six have to go together. I understand that. And there's answers in Episode. You know, there's answers to questions. Episode Seven drops a question of you know who are Ray's parents very very obviously into the plot. It begs you to wonder, and then you end up with a different director and writer on episode eight and and ryan johnson says i don't give a shit who (laughs) ray's fathers are they're crack whores it doesn't matter and that's why everybody got pissed because the mystery doesn't have a satisfying ending because there was no plan for the mystery Uh, and jj has said there's no plan he jj has said he put that mystery there because he thought it would be exciting to let someone else solve it and then ryan said he didn't care about the mystery i actually like that i like that but i understand why but i understand why everybody else got pissed by it i I loved ryan johnson's answer but i understand because people because the when the producers then said, well, we never told you that they were anybody important. And that's not true. That movie is structured to force you. Episode seven is structured to force you to speculate as to who her parents are. And then to take that away from you as a writer, as a literary critic, I find that brilliant because I think it's brilliant audience manipulation, but it's still manipulation. And that's why that hurt people and to spoil it would have hurt them even more. Okay. But here, here's the thing about the mystery box. I think like people think about it in terms of the plot, like we're doing right now, like, you know, where the polar bears come from, who are raised parents, but it's more than that. I think that uh, JJ talks about this a little bit in his Ted talk, but Mm -hmm. mystery boxes aren't just about plot points or twists. They're about people and the potential people have. Mm -hmm. So like, Ray's parents are so important in The Force Awakens. Partially, yes, because JJ say I have a mystery, but also because it's really important to Ray. Like her sole motivation mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie is like trying to find her family. So mm-hmm. it's important to her. And like, yes, it's totally more realistic um, that her parents are nobody. And it's way mm-hmm. more interesting that her parents are nobody. But that's still like a mystery solved in an interesting way because it forces her to hear something hard and like, you know, face something as a character. That's really interesting. I mean, JJ Abrams's first work is actually really surprising given like now that he's known for like sci-fi and fantasy stuff, but he first worked on like the show Felicity, Mm -hmm. which Which is great, except for the last season, which is even greater, even though it makes no sense, which, you know, focuses (laughs) on a girl who is graduating high school. Here's a guy she had a crush on say, Oh, you know, I wish that, uh, we would have gotten to know each other better. And it like convinces her that that's enough to like drop all of her like life plans and follow him to college. And even though that's not a mystery in the traditional sense, you know, there's like a lot of potential and a lot of unknown Mm -hmm. about her doing this. And that's what drives the story forward and why we find it interesting. And the same thing with Ray, like she's, nobody she's a mystery she has potential she's an interesting character finn is an interesting character because he's also a blank slate in his own way and Mm -hmm. 
it drives it forward. That's my, that's my, you know, mystery box. And I think that's a good reason for mystery boxes, but I think people, I think you nailed it on the head earlier when you said people focus on the plot elements. And I think that includes writers and producers and directors who are following JJ's advice. I think not just readers, mm-hmm. I think everybody fo- focuses on the plot elements and that hurts stories. <laughs> Well, my my motivation just to handle what you're saying about character and with Lost, pretty much anything that I watch over time, it's investment in the characters and who these characters are. You plot becomes secondary for me with a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, particularly over the long haul. And and yeah, I mean to me, uh, just to sound all profound for a second, the biggest mystery box in anything is who these people are. You know, a a person, a character Ooh. is the missing is, is the mystery box. <laughs> It's who, who will they become through this journey? And the details of the journey are kind of secondary to who it is they're becoming. You know, I feel like this is something that Joe can speak to since his whole podcast is about people. One character every week. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I I just want to point out before Joe starts, what was amazing is when I asked Joe at the beginning of this show to describe his show, he gave the exact same spiel that he gives at the beginning of, at this point, what, 205 episodes of the protagonist? <laughs> yeah, 200 plus. Each week we talk about a great, yeah, character, and a great it's, story. It's, it's, gotten, it. to the, it's gotten to the point where you've got such a perfect cadence. It's it's sort of like at the end of our show where I'm like, oh, you know, welcome to, you know, right. But you've gotten this perfect cadence to where you literally explain it the exact same way every week, including the weeks where you're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Because there's special episodes. Yeah, we do have some special episodes where we do something else. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to not explain it, but we also like if you at some point Todd went back and listened to our very first episode and we had like a one minute long <laughs> spiel about what the show was. And then uh, like five episodes in, it got shortened to just we're going to talk about a great character and a great story. Bam. That's it. Well, okay. So anyway, um, to that point, great character and great story as far as. Yeah. I, I think this is really interesting in thinking about like when spoilers matter and don't. And when people get angry about spoilers, I think it's, it's when they feel like the plot of something has been ruined. Um, and when it's not as big a deal, I think is when, um, like it's it's going to be about the journey the characters are on. So like saying in Cheers, Sam and Diane are going to get together. That's not really a spoiler, right? <laughs> um, I I feel like that even though it's for some people that would be a spoiler. Like it's it, it becomes like well that's the expectation. I want to see how they get together. Um, or like you watch the pilot of The Office and you're like oh Jim and Pam they're going to get together. And if you say that to someone who's watching The Office for the first time, I don't think they're going to feel like you've ruined the show <laughs> for them. Because because the, you know, the way you're going to enjoy the show is by watching the journey and the growth of the characters as they come together. Will they? Won't they? The answer is they will. Like I mean, I guess most shows, if it's like will they? Won't they? And then they never do. You're just like, uh. <laughs> so I can't even think of a good example. So yeah, will they? Won't they? Yes, they will. They absolutely will. Um, and and like there's some spoilers. Like it, it starts to me to feel like okay, well we're both like what what is our time limit on when we can start talking about stuff, and also like what what is fair game. But then even I mean this is kind of like the Schrodinger's cat situation. Acknowledging that there are spoilers change changes how you engage with the text, and you're going to get different reactions. So like I don't want to spoil people for what the twist is in the good place but inevitably you're watching for a twist at this point because everyone says 
there's a twist out there or Mav, what you were saying with the six sets. Yes. Like I went in watching it in the theater, knowing there's a twist uh, and wanting to say, I'm, I'm going to be smarter than everyone else who's surprised by this. I'm going to yeah. figure out the twist. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly how I went. Yeah. But because I was doing that, I had a different experience. Uh, you know, if I hadn't gone in looking for we're twists, all English majors professionally yeah. though, like we're literally like, that's like my, our entire job is to read and analyze books or movies or comic books. That's like what we well, do for to, a living. To, to, to be fair, this is not what I was doing when I saw Six Sense. But <laughs> okay, but like, but like, well, yeah, but you'd read comic books yeah, for my entire life, thirty right, years, right. and that's and uh, which is like Shyamalan's entire training is that he'd been reading them for thirty years, and like I don't know how to turn that part of my brain off. I, yes. I, I just don't. So if I if if I'm watching a movie where there's one character who no one talks to, like yes. I, I can't not see that. And then I, and, and if the plot of it is, Oh, this kid can see dead people. And he says, I see dead people. And he says, in your dreams. And he says, no, everywhere. They're all around me. Like I, I know the, I know the words because it's sort of, it's very much a, Hey, pay attention to this yeah. dialogue right here. This is important. This might come back later. Hey kids, there might be a test like that. Like yeah. they almost say it that way. And I'm just like, Oh, okay. I see where you're going with this. And then since it's not a very character heavy story, it's just, it's just looking for that. It's a, it's a trick that's like not very interesting to watch the second time around. I think that I enjoy watching cheers because it's entertaining watching those characters play in the same sandbox. I think you can read Romeo and Juliet. You can read pride and prejudice. Oh, These are books that are hundreds that, of years that's old. That's true. Here's something for me. I remember in college when I was taking my, my Shakespeare lit course as an English major, the professor said, you already know a lot of these, these stories. I'm assigning some that you don't please read the cliff notes discussion of the plot before you read the play, <laughs> because what okay. Shakespeare's about isn't the plot. It's about the characters and the words and the language. And if you get lost in the plot, those professors in this professor's opinion, you're going to miss some of the best parts of Shakespeare because you're trying to figure out the plot. And that goes back to your thing about them spoiling cheers with that story in the newspaper. Right. But so but I want to think back and you might know more of this because you just finished a book on it. I remember famously. And so you might you'll know more details. But if I remember correctly, for the. Sam and Diane the wedding episode, they filmed like three endings so that nobody in the studio audience could possibly spoil what happened. Yes, but at the same time, everyone knew Shelley Long was leaving the show. <laughs> right, right. Which is the well, and so okay, spoiling the last season of Arrow, I if you haven't if you're not caught up on last season of Arrow, but but um uh Detective Lance dies in it. And I knew that not because um not because of anything that happened because they, they didn't even, they, they, they didn't even say someone's going to die, which I hate when they do in the commercials, but they they'll tease that sometimes. It's just that they were going into a fight in the show. And I knew randomly that that actor had another show premiering <laughs> next season. Right. <laughs> and you're good. And, and so, so when he gets shot in that episode, it's like, Oh, he ain't going to make it. Right. <laughs> you just, you're just like, oh, he's, and everyone's like, Oh, we've got to rush into the hospital. He's going to be okay. And I'm like, no, he's not. Nope. Can't. <laughs> you know? So, so things like that happen. And I, I just, doesn't mean that you can't enjoy the show. Cause I did. On the other hand, there's the shows that I, there's shows that I enjoy. There's a show blind spot. Does anybody watch blind spot? No, I don't. 
Blind Spot is a, it's a, it's very much a mystery show, and I enjoy the characters on Blind Spot. I, I I do enjoy it as a show. It's not it's no Riverdale, but it's good. I don't watch it it's live. No I watch I it like on, you need that as a T-shirt. <laughs> it's no Riverdale, but <laughs> um, well, but I but I watch it on Hulu uh, a lot just because I it's one of those shows. It's a show that uh, my wife doesn't watch, so I I watch a lot of of Blind Spot on my iPad on my iPad with my headphones on in bed um, after she's gone to sleep and I don't want to wake her up by watching on the television. And I, so I don't necessarily watch them when they're coming out. I don't really know anybody else who's a fan. So I get to them when I get to them, I'm frequently two or three weeks behind. Right. So I'm watching on Hulu. Hulu has unskippable commercials. If you don't know this, because it's just how Hulu makes their money. So you can, you can't fast forward during commercials. So I just have to sit there and wait for the commercials. Hulu does not have enough advertisers. So sometimes the commercials will be for other shows on Hulu or perhaps the show you're watching now. So there'll be a twist on there. there so there'll be an episode. I mean, you don't know who you, you don't know who any of the characters are. So I'm just going to say, I'm going to make up a character. There's an episode where everybody's running around. And at the end of the episode, maybe there's a cliffhanger of Bob getting shot, you know, and who shot Bob. And with 10 minutes left in the episode before Bob is shot, Hulu will sometimes play a commercial of, you know, the team real, the team reels from the discovery that Joe shot Bob. And you're like, what? And I'm like, Bob's going to be shot. Well, I mean, and it, so that kind of spoiler, especially since I find out in the middle yeah. of watching it. Now you've ruined my enjoyment of the book. That's the telling me that Dumbledore dies on page Mm -hmm. 596. Like that, like I, like I'm in the middle of it. I'm being riveted by it and you've taken my discovery away. And I think that's part of what spoilers are. Spoilers are. Yeah. It's that sense of not even joy because I, you know, you don't, you know, you don't want your character to get shot. You don't want Dumbledore to die, but it takes away from that. Oh, I want to experience this moment. It's the unfolding of the story in your time. Right. Yeah. My brother and, and John, who was like, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Wayne. No, no, no. I just more more store stuff. You know, that just that I've had people come in and just you know there'll be the the new issue is out and we know something big is going to happen and people will come into the store first thing on a Wednesday, open up to the last page of the story and go, oh my God, so and so died, and and then that's the exact voice. Um, and, and, and it's like you didn't even read the twenty pages that lead up to that. You really don't care about this story you just care about this event which probably explains event marketing and comics and everything else no nobody cares about the stories just tell me what happened and i i let me read that i want to i want to get there on my own terms my own time with that sort of thing um particularly the day something comes out i mean yeah we can talk about jane Eyre, you know (laughs) Okay. <laughs> um, well, I was my my brother John, who was a guest ahead, on this uh, on this podcast, I think in your first episode. But when I told him our very first I was coming episode. on to talk about spoilers, he said one that thing that has bugged him in the in the last year was in during the last season of Doctor Who. In the promo material for the season upcoming season, they said this very big character who's a big part of Doctor Who lore would be making an appearance in the coming season. And then he said, "You end up watching every episode, wondering like, is this the one with the surprise?" And it's not till the very end, and it's not a surprise because that's the only episode left 
And so like that tease that was done in the marketing kind of <laughs> disrupted the entire season for him. Um, whereas mm-hmm. if he had no idea that character was coming back and they showed up in the last episode, wow, what a, what a great twist. But by the time you're like, well, this is the last episode of the season. <laughs> I, I know he's coming. You know, we've yeah. talked a lot about, you know, when we can spoil things or discuss things with people, how, you know, we've consumed media and how it's changed and how that's affected spoilers and why we don't like spoilers. But as I mentioned on the blog post, there are studies that show that people actually like material better after they've been spoiled. And sometimes, um, sometimes, yeah. I mean, like people might say I mean, they hate spoilers, yeah. but still, and then of course, like the reason why movie trailers are, and I said this at the beginning, the way they are sometimes is because studios have found that people want to be spoiled, spoiled and know what they're buying since, you know, movie tickets especially have gone up. Um, actually, yeah. uh, yeah. sort of like, uh, I guess, um, an example story that kind of works for this. Uh, Josh described the constant gardener to me in terms that made it sound like a romantic comedy. And if you've ever watched the constant gardener, you know, it's not a romantic comedy. It's like a spy film. And so I, I was expecting like this, like cute drama between a husband and wife. And like, it's really not a spoiler because it's what drives the film, but like the wife dies um, and I was like, oh, this is not what mm-hmm. I was expecting at all. I'm really kind of mad now. I, I do not like this movie because I thought this was going to be cute and fun. And this is not a good date night now. <laughs> uh, so, you know, like if people uh, like uh, the example um, people were thinking of is like Southpaw, like uh, Rachel McAdams dies early on in the film and they reveal that in the trailer. And the director is was upset about that. But he was like, you know, I guess I should defer to the studio because they know what they're doing. Sometimes. So just to give you counter examples, because you're right. People complain about spoilers. Everyone complains about spoilers. But I think the study that you link to is correct in that people don't really hate them as much as they think they do. And here's what my example is like. If you have something like Jersey Girl movie that I love, it's one of Kevin Smith's no. best movies. Has anybody else ever seen it? Didn't oh, think yeah, so. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. No, yeah, no, no. yeah. 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 <laughs> Jersey girl bombed at the box office, not for any reason for the movie, but because the marketing is all about Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, who were a couple in real life at the time they filmed Jersey girl two months before Jersey girl released Geely quite possibly one of the worst movies ever filmed for mass, for for mass release. It's awful. And it bombed and Jennifer and Ben also broke up. And the marketing makes it seem like it is a romantic comedy about them. It is not. She dies three minutes into the film. (laughs) She's she's a cameo. Like it's not about her at all. So again, spoilers for Jersey girl, a movie that's now Kevin Smith went out and he knowing that like Geely had bombed and knowing that people were sick of Benifer in the press, he started telling people on like in talk shows. He's like, trust me, my movie is not, he was trying to save his film. It's not what you think. He didn't want people to not go because they were sick of Benifer after Geely. The story of Jersey girl, it's delightful. A man and a woman fall in love. They get married. They have their first kid and she dies in childbirth. This is the first three minutes of the movie. And 
the Jersey girl's not Jennifer. The Jersey girl is his daughter. And then fast forward nine years to the girl. And it's just the story of a single father with his father trying to raise this little girl with no female influence. And then he eventually meets a woman and like the daughter, like encourages him to date. So there's a romantic lead played by Liv Tyler, who's barely in any of the promotional material because they were trying to do the surprise, but it's a much better movie if you're not looking for that. But you need to know that if you're expecting a romantic comedy, a date movie, you'll be so upset because like it's such a downer. Yeah, I actually, by the way, knew that Liv Tyler was that's what I knew about Jersey Girl, that Liv Tyler was the romantic lead and had no idea that uh, Jennifer Lopez was even in the film until just this moment. But I mean, this is like what yeah. happened with Mama Mia, too. Now that I'm thinking about it earlier this summer, sort of spoiler mm-hmm. alert, I guess, if you don't want to be spoiled on the big twist of Mama Mia, too. Um, you can kind of infer it from the trailers, but Meryl Streep's character Donna dies and it's really like, you know, the Godfather 2 flashbacking about like her life as like a young woman uh, just graduated from college uh, before she gave birth to her daughter. Mm-hmm. But like reviewers uh, went in and I read several reviews from professionals saying I was going in expecting a Meryl Streep movie and I just couldn't get over the fact that she died and I'm just too upset right now and it would have been better if it had been marketed this way. But guy, I think we all accept that every movie would be better with more Meryl, right? <laughs> so I understand that argument. Uh, well, same thing with Force Awakens. People complained about Luke Skywalker not being in it. I'm like, he's not in the poster. He's not in any commercial. You say, yeah, he's in the last 10 seconds of the movie. It's a cameo. They never told you Luke Skywalker was in this movie. <laughs> you know, so so that that happens. And I think you I think there is some honesty in advertising that you get. If you if you set people's expectations, people want to know what they're seeing. Like Hannah, you said movie tickets are expensive for most people. So like that's it. And I think most people, the average American goes to something like four films a year. I think it is three or four. And these days, three of them are probably produced by Disney. No, no. Yeah, you're quite right. That's like the average film goer in America these days. So, so you know, you want to sell your film. So I guess the question is, where's that balancing act? You don't want to tell somebody the end to the story if it relies on the twist you don't want to do that but need something i guess well and i I mean circling back to the very beginning what you said mav hopefully even if you have the spoiler you still care enough about the story being told that you go along with it right that that you become invested with it even if you do know at the end so-and-so is dead or they get together or you know the the mystery is x or y or whatever it may be i I think some of the best told stories you're going to want to see how that happens not just what happens yeah i mean i I admit on the blog that i still love harry Potter and the half-blood prince also does it bother anyone else that george lucas spoiled his own own big twist um and impetrix back in the prequel movies i'm just I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> and my problems with the prequels are not what everybody else's problems with the prequels are. My problem with the prequel is he calls them chapters, right? You know, chapter one, chapter two, episode one, episode two, whatever you want. If Star Wars is really to be viewed as one nine chapter novel, it's really boring because if I were to watch them in order, it like everything mm-hmm. is spoiled. Like that's not the one, two and three are prequels, but they're only interesting if you start it with four. Well, if you, if you do what George, like, uh, Lou Koch says in the historical novel, Darth Vader shouldn't have been the focus of the prequels because the, like, major figures aren't the interesting characters. The interesting characters are, like, the, you know, average man on the ground who, like, embraces the tension of the era. 
that's the problem with the Star Wars prequels, says the person who's reading Marxist <laughs> novel theory. <laughs> I, I just I just love that all the Star Wars started over campaign finance reform and 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 trade and, and trade tariffs because that's how, it's a war and that's how it should be. Like that's what, yeah. that's how wars start. I have no problem with that. That's but then this yeah. is not a Star Wars episode, so I guess I should probably I mean, not. Like, I think what you're saying, like with the, the Star Wars, like when I'm showing my kids Star Wars for the first time, I don't start with the Phantom Menace because I want them to have the yeah. Empire Strikes Back yeah. moment. Of, yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, oh wow! Like, and I preserved that for my oldest daughter and my next son. But after that, they were talking about it, and I'm like, okay, my next son just knows. He knows. <laughs> There's you no know? like I can't <laughs> preserve that moment. But I, I did preserve that moment of like, oh, he's his father. And if you watch the prequels, it's like, well, he's in, his name is Skywalker. <laughs> they're, right. Their family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And three tells you, it's like, oh, you've got two kids. I'm going to separate them. We're going to send one here and yeah. one here. So why am I watching the next movie? I don't, you know, like they don't make sense. And I think that's, so that's where you're, where you're moving into spoilers, invading storytelling. Spoiler can't hurt the story. And then it becomes a problem. And I think there's, I think it's okay to have stories that rely on the spoiler. Maybe, I mean, there's nothing wrong yeah. with something being disposable. It, Six Sense, I, I was bashing, but people enjoyed that movie because it was so exciting to figure that out if you didn't see it coming. So to ruin that for someone seems dickish. <laughs> and I mean, a lot of the most popular shows on television are mysteries where like the whole thing is like, well, who who did it? That's uh, yeah, that's what like each episode is about. But I think the fans of those shows don't come back week to week to see, you know, who committed the murder that Castle and Beckett or Bones and Booth or, you know, Watson and Holmes are going to solve. Mm. They come back week to week to see <laughs> each one of the, you know, how those characters are interacting and changing. Well, I, the, 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 one of the prime examples of that, and because I'm older than all of you, I, I remember this Columbo in the seventies. I mean, Peter Falk. <laughs> yes. every, every, every episode of Columbo started with the somebody murder. murder somebody. We, we <laughs> knew who did it, and then you watched him for the next forty five minutes bumble his way to a conclusion. Yeah. But what was compelling was his character and the yeah. way he put it together. But but it started with a spoiler. Every yeah, the episode well. are not missing. Yeah, Monk, Monk would show you who did it almost every time in the teaser. Yeah, but that, that's not a who done it. They put it that's a yeah. how done it. There's different forms no, of mystery. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. yeah. And, it's not yeah, right. You watch it. You like Columbo's Columbo. Yeah. You watch the person murder. You, I mean, like so. Typical Columbo it, is is. You is the you know the nephew shows up in the uncle's house and says, "I am tired of you liking my sister better. You're going to give her the company now over over your dead body." And pow, he shoots the, he shoots the uncle. You know yeah, why he did it. You know his motivation. And then Columbo the, spends forty five minutes accidentally figuring the mystery out. Yeah, and, and, and that's it. the the how done it is is watching how he figures yeah. it out. Yeah, no, not, not how the crime yeah, was committed. It's how solved it yeah. is what it is. It's yeah. not. Yeah, yes. <laughs> there's no. There's nothing. You you know everything. In fact, honestly. You could, if you, if you're in a crunch, watch the first two minutes and the last two minutes of any Columbo because he, because at the end he summarizes how he figured it out in the last yeah. two minutes and you see it happen in the first two minutes. And then the 40 minutes in the middle are all just, you know, Columbo doing his shtick. 
Like <laughs> it's just watching him work out the process. And I love the show. I'm not, I'm not bashing it. It's a great show. It's, it's actually very well done. His character is so compelling. Yeah, he's compelling yeah. to watch. But, but every episode, I mean, it runs, I mean, it runs for a while. It's something like six seasons and like several movies. Yeah. And they're all exactly the same. Murder, she wrote a lot of them are like yep. that too. You see, you see, you see. I mean, mm-hmm. you are talking to the person who taught a mystery fiction class and I, my students cared yeah. so much about spoilers that uh, when I, <laughs> this is a true story. Uh, when I gave them, um, uh, the Todorov like genre piece of mystery fiction. He has a couple of spoilers from Agatha Christie novels we didn't read. So I created two <laughs> versions. One that was just like the actual text, the full text, and one where I blacked out all the spoilers. So I gave him the option to read. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like otherwise, I mean, like if I made, I, you know, I made a class entirely about mysteries and the idea of the game and the twist and the interaction between plot and character. I felt like it would be a little hypocritical not to do that and give them the option. <laughs> so this is just remind this is kind of unreal, but something about how you said Agatha Christie, it triggered this moment. There's one Cheers episode, which this is in the 80s. And I, I've talked about how they they don't worry about spoilers when they were talking about cheers but everyone is hooked on this mini series and the gang spoils it for fraser after he's like no don't tell me i i haven't recorded and then someone says something and he just storms out yelling rosebud is a sled and murder of the orient express they all <laughs> did it <laughs> a spoiler <we've> resolved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so yeah now you we were we're like an hour yeah. and a half into this, so you know, we should probably I feel really like we should do something different. Some episode where we don't end with we resolve nothing to you know give it a twist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm not going to tell you guys which episode that's going to be. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's here's where we do something different. Like normally now, I do the recap, but we've just been doing that pretty well, I think. Well, here here's here's my question. Have we even resolved how long you're supposed to wait for spoilers? No. It's <laughs> no. I, I think the, the rule of thumb should be uh, don't be mean about it. <laughs> like if, yeah. if you're going to be discussing it, if you're yeah. discussing yeah. it, make sure everyone wants to discuss it and you're not doing it to ruin it for someone. If you're doing it to ruin someone, you're, you're an awful yeah. human being. I, and I, I, I think that's a good rule of thumb. Yeah. If, if you're you know, like us at the store, you're not standing there talking. If there's someone else in the conversation and we're going to start talking about Riverdale, I think it's fair of us to go. Have you seen it? Yeah. So, so the rule with spoilers is don't be a dick. I feel like that should just be a general yeah. rule about life. <laughs> yeah, it, it just in life it, in general, it should yes. be. But I don't know if you've ever been online. Um. <laughs> you know, there's this whole place called Reddit. Oh God. <laughs> uh, Joe, I want to thank you for coming on the show this week. Yeah, yes, thank I, you. I look forward having to uh, having you back next week instead of Mav. Oh, we'll never mention the good place again. What? What? Hannah, say the good place is the best show ever. Riverdale is the best show ever. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) If if you if you don't actually edit that in and make that happen, oh, she totally just said Riverdale was the best show ever. (laughs) Very naturally, very convincingly.
Riverdale. Is very good. I'm sorry. It's better than Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe, where can people find you? <laughs> I, I'm on Twitter at Jay Dorowski, or you could just look for the protagonist podcast in your podcast app of choice, and you will hopefully find us there. I absolutely hope that everybody listens to that. It's actually a great show that I've really enjoyed that I've been on, and I hope to be on again soon. We've been talking about that. We, we do need to have you on you soon. You just really so. like have hinted so hard. <laughs> well, we've actually, I, behind the scenes, <laughs> I've reached out to him about scheduling. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we literally were talking about this two days ago. So, <laughs> so it's fine. Uh, Palindrome Hannah, where can people see you talk tweeting about Riverdale? Um, you can see me tweet about the Riverdale. Um, at Hanley Rogers. Actually, half of my tweets are me communicating through good place gifs. Um, <laughs> and I guess the other half have been about the Mississippi election. So I guess I need to find something new. Not be Riverdale. <laughs> Wayne, where can people follow you that they won't see anything? <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much every place that I, I am, you you will not see anything recently. So, <laughs> other than here, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Maverick. You can follow the show on Twitter at Fox Popcast. You can follow the show's blog at www.foxpopcast.com or follow its its Facebook feed at facebook.com slash Fox Popcast. If you like the show, subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever the hell podcasts come from and leave us a review talking about how much you love Riverdale and how you hope we do another show on it because that will make us all happy, especially Hannah. And if you, um, if you do read it, leave us a review, we'll probably read it on the air just because we'll be really ecstatic. We don't get enough of those. It does help people find the show and it helps our iTunes ratings in some magical way that no one understands. Yeah. Oh yeah. Review with five stars. Absolutely. Because we have the best show ever. Um, also, review the podcast podcast five stars. Also, very good. So, <laughs> I feel like it's cheating yeah, yeah. to ask for five stars. I know, but every but literally every podcast does it. I don't know why. So, because none of us understand how it works. I don't know how the iTunes algorithm works. Joe, do you understand how the iTunes algorithm yeah, works? Absolutely not. But it really is important. So, so we've you know, again resolved nothing. We've resolved nothing with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would like to thank our guests for being here one last time. I'd like to thank Maximilian of Thought for Music for our epic theme song that is playing us out right now as it does every week. And I would like to thank you for listening. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. 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 see the conclusion of the White House murders last night? No! No, don't say anything! I've got it on tape! Would you believe it was the vice president? (laughs) Please! How about where the first lady popped out of a pool of her own blood and strangled the Russian ambassador? No! No! Yeah, that was my reaction exactly. Well, thank you, one and all, for winning yet another plot for me. I'll be off now. But before I go, something I'd like to share with you. In Citizen Kane, Rosebud is the name of his sled. In Murder on the Orient Express, everyone did it. And Luke Skywalker's father is Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah, why does the guy tell us something we don't know, huh? Darth Vader is Luke's father? 